What's going on out there, everybody? Hope everybody's staying empowered and staying motivated. Welcome to another episode of Generation DAP. Today's episode, we're going to be covering a range of topics. We're going to start with uh, the release of uh, the new album by Mad Lib and Freddie Gibbs called Bandana. And then we're going to end it with uh, talk about P. Diddy's No Way Out, which came out, what, 97? 97, yeah. yeah so we're going to start with the Freddie Gibbs. Um, but <clears throat> just to kind of, to kind of brief people... Freddie Gibbs dropped his uh, his second project working with Mad Lib, and that project is known as Bandana. Uh, Pinata came out in what was it, 2014? No, I think that was more so 2016. It might have been 2016. Okay, yeah, it was like 2016. So this was like long overdue. Um, a lot of people have been clamoring for it about it online. The the one thing that I will say that I liked is we talked about it earlier was the marketing, man. I think. His team did a very good job of marketing it, and it got like a cult-like following to where people who really may not have been familiar with Mad Lib before, they now were just checking for his his beats and his production. Um, so, you know, I think the project is good, but I think the marketing is really what just is so much different about it as opposed to Pinata. Yeah, I would say marketing-wise, it kind of parallels the whole uh, Run the Jewels movement. You know, these are two uh, premium corporate indie <laughs> entities. Yeah, you know that's what a I good mean? way to describe a corporate um, indie. And that's not saying anything to take away from the quality of the music or whatever. But um, it's almost like they have a major push, you know, within the, the indie realm. You know what I mean? So I think that they're able to, uh, you know... They're able to corner those yeah. markets oh, yeah. with that, man. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just to kind of like give people context in case you didn't know, like with Freddie Gibbs, he came out, I think because I was reading up on the story, he, he came out around 2005 and uh, his producer, the guy who founded, uh, the guy who, I'm sorry, not the producer, his manager, the guy who, who uh, picked up the management for him, he used to work for Stone Store Records, mm-hmm. which is West Coast label, right? Mm-hmm. And that's Stone what, uh, Store. That's where um, the loop pack was originally signed. Mad Lib was the... Part Didn't he go on to Quasimodo back then? Or yeah, what? I mean, yeah, he Quasimodo. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, he's been Quasimodo Any of those names. for twenty years too. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of where he got to start from, and and you know because the dude was a former Stone Throw employee, he was able to get Mad Lib, and you know Mad Lib is kind of one of those dudes that was known on the indie scene. We we kind of compared him to like a West Coast Jay Dilla. Um, and, and you know him and Dilla actually did a collaboration album together, Champion Sound. Ah, shoot, they, I didn't know that. Uh, J Lib. Man, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, J-Lib. so that okay. was that was back in um, 2003. I'm not gonna lie, so, Mad yeah. Lib. The first real beat that I really credited was no, for knowing him for was the Auditorium beat he did for Most Def. Okay. Wasn't that him that did that? that yeah, yeah, that was him. And I mean, I know he had beat tapes before then that were just. Yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm 38 now. I would say I first became hip to Mad Lib when I was 16. Cause like I said, because of the loop pack, and then they dropped this album called The Antidote, and this was pretty much pre hip hop internet media or whatever. So this was like a I don't want to call it a nerd album, but this if you went to your your backpack, you know, uh, hip hop shops, then they would like, be carrying. It yeah, that, like the the Antidote was like one of those premium albums you know like like at that time it would be like that it'd be like slum villages yeah you know, i can see so, that yeah. I, I can see that yeah so okay okay well that's just kind of to give y'all a little bit of the context but as far as the bandana album it, it plays off the pinata 
I think he was saying most of the album was recorded really back in like 2017. I think he was saying like right around the time he caught the charge, he had really had a lot of those raps mm -hmm. done and a lot of it was probably recorded, but he just been sitting on it, I guess, waiting for the right time. But um, timing, yeah, timing makes all the difference in the world too, man, man. His buzz now is perfect because I mean I think for me, I look at how many people look at his social media page now and his videos and I, and that that gives you credits to how big his brand has got because like i said when i first started listening to gibbs i was listening to him when cold day and hell came out mm -hmm. and now uh, from cold day and hell i've been a fan of him since but i always told people he's the best gangster rapper out you probably was listening to him before you probably listened to him even before babyface killer i would i wouldn't say i was listening to him but i had an awareness of him and then like around 2002 2007 2008 that's when it got to the point where i was really trying to get something cracking with the dude and yeah, um, yeah. like you said uh, or like i said earlier you know we got him on the joint with cassius yeah he uh, worked with cassius gone, on song, you know gone, what i mean gone. that you know that collaboration happened like in 2009 like um well it got released the song got released in 2009 but this was like right around the time where he did the you know the ghetto yeah that's it and um you know a few months before he was uh signing with cte no, not CTE, but you remember they used to do those, well, they still do them, but you remember the freshman coverage from Double Ah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah so that's before we, he we, got on that Yeah, cover. we were working with him before. He kind of yeah, picked up and took it right. to that next so, level. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, um, and and I think what happened was he kind of um, reignited his buzz because, like you said, after the whole jail stint or whatever, he, he did drop a few things or whatever. They just weren't Mad Lib collaboration now, so I think he dropped those. They were uh, warmly received, you know what I'm saying? And then he was like, all right, well, bet I'm going to drop two or three projects. Now it's time for me now to give y'all this. For y'all to give you, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to give y'all the the big boy, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, man, Part he had been sitting on yeah, that. So. And I think even when, you know, even when you really listen to, like, there's a Hype Beast interview where they were talking about the making of the album. Even what he's done with Brandon that Zebra, man, like, even when you ask him the significance of it, he's made that like some cult-like stuff to where whenever you see the zebra cover on, I, I almost want to get the album in vinyl just because I just think the fucking artwork is that dope. Mm -hmm. You know, the marketing. Um, but um, I didn't want to be one of those dudes that jumped out and said the album was a, a, a classic. Um, but I'm just going to say I think it's a very good album. Um, what you think, Jeff? Yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a good uh, follow-up. To Pinata. To Pinata, you know what I'm saying? I mean, um, it's not like his second album, but I'll call it his sophomore album with um with Mad, Mad Lib. Lib. Yeah, that's I, what I was saying. I think I think it's just as good as Pinata. As Pinata. And I mean, you know, I feel like in Freddie's case, as long as there's no decline in quality, I mean he's, he, he's gonna be, be good. Him. And I'm in Mad Lib, I've been listening to his music for so long. You know, as long as he's picking the right loops. And putting some cool drums with him, he's never gonna really have just whack production like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like he doesn't really have a, a style of production, but as a person that has an ear for loops, yeah, because you know I make beats myself. Yeah, like exactly. I, I just understand what he does, and he just has a formula that works. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I enjoy the album. You know what I mean? And um, he comes dope. Freddie always comes dope, even though he's pretty limited. Uh, subject matter subject wise, matter wise yeah. but that's just his lane that's just what he does i don't know how introspective i want freddie to be you yeah know that's what really I'm it. Saying? and i think but you know i think the thing about on the other the other catch 22 you know because like i hear some of my peers in my generation like they're like man the the subject matter is limited they talk about the same thing i'm like 
nobody is saying that Raekwon was talking about the same thing or Ghostface was talking about the same thing or even now that that Drake is talking about the same thing it's, it's just yeah. more so if you are good at what you do yeah, and that's matter. it like you know Push is gonna talk about like Freddie and Push on that song together we knew what the song was gonna be about yeah. we knew before we even heard it I was like okay it's coke raps but it's, it's how they do it to where they make it you know artistic yeah I, th I think some certain artists man uh I don't want to say they have a they don't have a ability to grow, but I think they just you can tell that they have one zone that they just gonna be able to shine in. They're gonna the most, excel, yeah. And you just you, you let, let them stay, stay there. Lane, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's not like listening to a Kendrick Lamar or a group like Outkast, where you know they They're can go back to the mountain. drawing board and just do something completely different and probably score. You know what I'm saying? So with Gibbs, hey man, as long as his production is tight and his and his rhymes are as crispy. They are. I mean, I think it's gonna go hard. It's gonna be good, yeah. Um, I'll just say this before I start getting ready to wrap it up. I enjoyed it. My favorite cuts were that Palm Olive cut, of course, with Killer Mike and and Pusha. I would have loved it gotten a Killer Mike verse. Uh, I think the freestyle song that was like the second track on there was pretty dope. I think, of course, Crime Pays is a good one. Giannis was a pretty good one. It's uh, the song with Black Thought. And uh, who was most deaf? Most deaf. Yeah. I, I expected a little bit more, I guess, but you know why? We you know why you expected a little bit more? I think because I didn't really expect more, but that's just because I think his black thought was on it, and I think it's gotten to this point to where oh, yeah, people act, people people act like every single verse he drops is just like cannabis in ninety platinum. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, man, this. He's a he's a he's a phenomenal MC MC it mechanically lyrically or whatever. But I mean he don't always come, you know, with a with a super memorable verse. But I think almost it's almost like the branding of this bandana album. I think some people are so invested in the mystique, in the aura of Black Thought that it don't really matter. It's just oh that shit's fire. And then like I'm yeah. gonna be honest, man, like. For a lot of newcomers who who may not have really heard him back with the roots mm -hmm. and know his penchant for it, everything now has to have that type of feel. Like you know, when people not really originally dialed into you, everything you drop once they dial into you is what they weigh the barometer right, of right, it. Right, on, right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? But and, and I mean, I'll be real. I thought I thought most Def's verse was was lackluster. That's really what let me down. Well, so. you know, I think it could be for multiple reasons, man. I think man i mean black thought like i said man, i'm 38 dude and i started the ninth grade at 13 and the first track i heard from them was distortion the static and i bought the single with the, with the lesson b side and i eventually ended up buying the do you want more album oh, so i say that to say that man i've been listening to, to black thought rap for over, over 25 for, for, for 25 years you feel what i'm saying and the fact that He's still a more than competent MC. I think that's something to be wowed by, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you know, I know what to expect from him. You feel what I'm yeah, saying? So it's saying. just like even yeah, with flow yeah, and yeah. any subject matter, yeah. yeah. So, so no, at I this point, he would really have to. I mean, he would have to do something complete, almost rapping double time or some shit, or just do something I'm completely not accustomed to him to doing. And, and, and just really smashing it for me to have, like, I guess, a, a renewed 
you know, appreciation for him. Like I said, dude, I've been listening to Black Thought for way more than half my life. So, yeah, I, you know, and um, I'm not going to say his best, his days of dropping his best verses are behind him. That might not necessarily be nah, the case. Nah, but it's more so you know but what not, to expect when you, yeah, when you listen not, to him. Yeah, I just, I, I, song was cool. And, and same thing with most, you know. I remember when most was a part of UTD. And then, um, and then he did the Long Island Degrees with uh, De La Soul. And then, uh, you know, the whole raucous thing. Yeah, it's just like, he, he, they, they veterans, man. You know what I'm saying? They veterans. So, of course, they can rap. Of course, they got lyrics. Oh, yeah, of course. But it's it's just. It gets to a certain yeah, point. Yeah, it's like, what just, more can yeah, I say? Right, yeah. Pretty much, yep. And I understand that. Yep. Um, shoot, I was going to mention this, too, man, because it's been two years since. I think it was the other day. Mm-hmm. So, it's been two years since 444 by Jay-Z came out. Um, and like one of the main things I was saying is like, by no means is it his best album, mm-hmm. uh, but I also, but I think, arguably, I think it's one of the most influential albums, not only of his career, but I think just in rap because like the big thing I keep saying is like, Jay Z for me has become the living goat because he's been able to do what I always wondered could any older rap head really do, which is make good music at almost fifty still be able to like he squashed all the beefs and he brought younger generation people in so i was like man but when i listen to 444 even though the, the subject matter ain't nothing per se new to everybody how he introduced that conversation into into hip-hop like even with the story of oj to when he he dropped that song legacy and he's talking about generational wealth and a will like it's an influential album. You know yeah, what I'm because because I think his marriage to Beyonce. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say his marriage, but like his marriage to Beyonce specifically, you know, and then having, you know, uh, Blue Ivy. I don't know. I don't even know if his twins were alive. When, nah, Remy and them. Yeah, yeah, there. but I, but I think I think that's had like a profound effect on him, personally and like brand wise, you know, because, you know, uh, uh, Beyonce and Jay. You know, at this point in time, they're like, I don't want to say they're a symbol for black love anymore. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, before the the, 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 before uh, the, the cheating, cheating scandal, yeah. maybe they were. But now they're more so the poster children for, okay, this is like a real relationship. These are the types of things that, was, that could happen. They, they were like the modern Will and Jada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, they found a way to work things out, or at least for right now. You feel what I'm saying? So I think 444 was his most, you know, mature album. Yeah. You know what I'm I saying? I mean, it comes on the heels of Lemonade, Yeah, yeah, man, yeah right, exactly. That's, that's that's what it was. It was a response to Lemonade. So it was playing off of <clears throat> what Beyonce pretty much already gave us. You know what I mean? So um, I, I would call it like a, um, a modern-day classic, but, you know, classics today, classics of today. Yeah, I, I don't really like using that term, but I think just, you know, the... As far as the significance and impact the album still has, I think it's like I think it's substantial enough to say that it is a classic LP. In three or four years, I don't know the world might change. They might divorce. Who knows? Yeah, you just right, never know. Right. And I mean, but, my thing like so I, like when I was listening to the album, mm-hmm. for me, I think about okay, this comes on the heels of Lemonade, and people really wanted to hear like okay, with Lemonade. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, with 444, is he going to talk about that? And, I mean, he talked about it, of course. But for me, it was everything else that he talked about that was bigger. Like, the Kanye thing really became 
front and central because this is a year after life of pablo and he said the comments he said about jay and you know on on did the rant on stage so that comes full center yeah. then then his mom you know he does a smile record you know his mom you know his mom comes out and he kind of is embracing it or whatever that becomes a new conversational piece right 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 you he know made, he, he, what he did was he made the most personal album yeah he had made in like quite some time since probably like maybe volume one maybe right well, after biggie yeah, yeah, biggie, nah, I think, yeah volume nah, I think one volume one you're on the money with that because he had drinks like lucky me yeah you you <clears> must <throat> love me you know what i'm saying city like, is mine like real introspection you feel what i'm saying like yo this is where not not braggadocio you know just like this is some real shit right here this the other shit is to sell records yeah it is but i'm i'm bearing my soul right here and i think 444 yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, you know what, and I think it might be a classic amongst a certain generation, ah. more so than like an across the board classic because it's a, it's a mature album. So I could see a fifteen or a sixteen year old not really Rocking seeing it with that, yeah. in, in, in that respect. You know what I'm saying? But when you're in your thirties and you know you've you've had relationships and you know you got caught cheating or whatever, or you got or you got <laughs> yeah. you, you got kids. And one day you're gonna have to explain to them why you did what you did when they get on the internet and see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Yeah, so I think he was just talking about some um, real life shit that's relatable, you know, to um, people of a certain age and of, of certain types of experiences. Yeah, so, yeah. man. And I think, uh, and I, I think that was the thing. And I think what got me, because I wasn't quite 30. I, I just turned 30 this year, mm-hmm. so I was like 28. But I, I felt like millennials caught like the tail end of what he was saying like we caught it but i felt like everybody in the mid-30s and up was like damn okay well yeah they, they caught what he was saying but they hadn't quite experienced yeah exactly i think i think you know the more life experience you have it hits you in a different way right because yeah you know um so yeah but i mean you know i think i think most people who listen to it could consider it you know good music i just think that it's a it's a classic amongst it's better than the blueprint three <laughs> well Let i mean me cause, cause, well you know because i think that's the thing about jay-z i think jay-z has done a really good job of just keeping up with the times oh yeah definitely staying definitely. relevant and i don't think that all of his albums were meant to be like uh they didn't have these, the longest these, shelf these, value per se because it was it was more so to it got him through that era got him got through, that, through that moment yeah. you know what i'm saying i don't think they were all intended to be masterpieces i think they some of them were just intended to make whatever statement they needed to make like you look at like a kingdom come or you look at a blueprint two and three you're right. like all right i just dropped the blueprint i need to give y'all something right because at this point we might actually get a, a like a jay-z in common record Oh, you know those, those records that yeah, we waited in, on in, forever in the, in the 1990s that didn't make a whole lot of marketing sense because we got a Jay and Nas record. Boy, that made well, yeah, they, we they were always in the same kind of era. I know what you're realm, saying. What, you know I know what you're saying? saying, like a Jay and Quali record. It, yeah, and then and then you know in the early 2000s, Nas was kind of uh, in self-discovery mode. So I I don't think he was just like he was more like Jay Z. In, in 1999 or 2000 than he was like a comic. You remember Nostradamus and the Hate Me Now or yeah, whatever? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So he was trying to elevate beyond this Illmatic backpack shit. He was trying to... He was trying to get that modern yeah, money. I, I got the bling bling. I got the ice. He was really on the J. He was really on right, the J. Right, right, right. So it kind of made sense, you know, that they patched it up and 
linked up together. You know what I'm saying? And then I think Jay-Z linked up with a Quali because they both from Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? But um, I think right now, just considering when you look at somebody like Common's brand is very, you know, mature and whatnot. And, and Jay-Z's brand has gotten more mature over the past five or six years. But like, because don't forget, you know, just six or seven years ago, this dude called Harry Belafonte a boy. Like, you know bro, they forgetting so, that. Yeah. And now he's a social right, activist. Right, you know right, 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 right. So, so yeah, I think, I think, um, yeah, you know, I think at some point you might get a song with him in common you know what i'm saying or just like we're gonna get that crazy club and i mean with him turning 50 this year right we we're gonna have to get something now right. i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna feel a way if he give us just a, a 25th anniversary rockefeller like, i don't think we're gonna bro. do that i think i think um what was the album they had with uh ape shit on it what was the name of that uh, the carters uh, yeah. Uh, they gonna give us another Carter album? I, no, no, no. I'm saying I'm 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 saying I don't think they are. I think I don't think that was necessarily a dud, but I think that that was kind of return to the the the, the whole poke your chest out thing. Yeah, and it, it, kinda, yeah. it was brag. It was. It kind of fell flat in it, the grand scheme of things. You know what I'm saying? It, it made its momentary impact. He worked with the Migos. It's like. It, it kept him in the conversation, but I think, like you said, when he turns 50, he's going to drop that album that's just like, hey, man, uh, it's, 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 it's going to be a rap album I'm for 50-year-old like, You know dude. what I'm saying? And I think yeah. that in itself, because like I always tell people, like, in rock, you hear the Rolling Stones, the Who, and everybody, and these dudes, Steve Tyler, all these dudes, old as hell, and it's kind of like, that's cool. Madonna <laughs> just mm. dropped that album the other day. Right. And it's kind of like, I know ain't nobody probably checking for it, but... Well, I mean, it's a number one album. I mean, niggas ain't. You feel what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, people are checking right. for it, but, like, you just never envision in rap somebody being really relevant at 50. Like, I like Nas. I'm a little unsure of what Nas at 50 is going to sound like. Well, but I, I, I have confidence in Jay at 50. I think the thing about it is, at this point, those artists they're gonna always be relevant to us yes because we're aging as they age you know what i'm saying now as far as nas being relevant to a 20 year old at this point nah i think it's a there's a certain level of admiration and appreciation for what he's done in the game or whatever but i don't think there's any real connection with his music i think with somebody like a jay i don't think there's a genuine connection with his music either but with Beyonce being such a uh, big media personality and you know what I'm saying? It's just like and, and Jay Z is just he's like the elder statesman that's everywhere. Yeah. And he he's is. he's getting ahead of all this technology and innovation or and whatever. He's defending people catching cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so that's homies. keeping him around, you know, and I know I know Nas is doing things with the with tech with tech and everything like that. But I but Jay Z is just he's just bigger, man. You yeah, feel what is, I'm saying? And it has nothing to do with Skill or anything. Skill or better. You know what I'm saying? I think Jay-Z, dude, when you're married to Beyonce, man, and it's like, when you're married to Beyonce and you're an A-level star yourself, it just makes you an A-plus player, dude. You know what I'm saying? Nah, so I feel that, bro. Yeah. So I think that's, that's just going to be an interesting thing to hear at 50. Um, my top cuts on there, Family Feud, of course, because that Clark sister sample had mm-hmm. me tripping out. Mm-hmm. So Family Feud, Smile, uh... Moonlight, Legacy, you know, it was just it was a it was a very solid album. But well, let me mention okay. this real quick. Go ahead. I hate to sound like I'm going off on a tangent. Nah, go ahead, G. I mean, it's it's amazing that No ID. Oh my God. I mean, you, it's bro. like like dude, it's just interesting, and it's not like this. I'm gonna introduce this man. Yeah, it, it's not it's not even a I told you so type of thing. 
but he was like one of my favorite producers throughout high school. You know, more so than a DJ Premier or the Beat Miners or whatever. I was on no ID. And back then it was like, who? You know what I'm saying? Like the dude that produces for Common. Well, I don't listen to Common, so I don't know. Yeah, you know, this is the 1990s. Yep. So, and then he had an album of his own on Relativity Records. Relativity Records that didn't, um, it didn't spawn any hit singles or anything like that. I don't even know if it even charted. You feel what I'm saying? But it was like, you would have thought that he just kind of would have disappeared into the 90s or early 2000s. But what happened was he started doing joints here and there for DMX, uh, doing joints here and there for uh, like Benny Siegel. And then um, then you had like the rise of Kanye West. Yeah, well, and, then, Kanye. and then Kanye is, well, this is the dude this that dude taught me everything no that idea. I know. Yeah, you know no what I'm saying? Put him in the game. And like 25 years after Resurrection, well, 23 years, because because 444 came out, you know, uh, two, this dude, this dude is fully laying a Jay Z album. But in 1996, when Reasonable Doubt was out, you never would have guessed. You would have never that thought no that. No ID would be. You would have been like Danger Hands, Timbo. Well, not that that. Nah, and nah. At that point, I mean, Danger Hands and Timbo. Oh, you're talking about 96. That's been 98. Yeah, 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 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been like Clark Kent. Danger, Danger Hands is more. That's 98, yeah, 2000. Timbaland is, yeah, but like, yeah, I mean. 96, it would have been Ski or Yeah, you you thinking, you thinking Trackmasters, you track thinking, master, like yeah. you said, Premier, you're thinking. Diddy. <laughs> you, know, the, you know, the Hitmen. Yeah. Not No ID. So the fact that, you know, just the, the, the to universe. To see how the universe fits. Yeah, or or yeah. even just how these producers that were known of, that, okay, well, that, that were Obscure to most fans are now getting like to to hear people talking about Mad Lib on that's cra- it's crazy to me or like, to hear No ID yeah. getting you know blogs and posts. It's crazy to me, man, because I've been I've been in tune with these guys for like so long, and you know the trends are so big and and, and powerful at the time of their I guess relevance. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like everything kind of like it seems like everything is kind of drowning in that. But it's really just gradually building, cause like, dude, who, like, dude, who would have thought that Common would have been like one of the last men standing in this hip hop shit, 90s, as yeah. as far as like '90s rappers go. You know what I'm saying? And then like, No ID, you know, a producer that nobody had from Chicago that was yeah, any idea about. Unknown. Yeah, is 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 laying not one or two tracks with Jay Z, but doing the entire album, and it's like his best and most introspective album in like. Years. years so that's just man. it's crazy to, it's crazy to see that arc of how everything turns around so yeah, so salute to no id man yeah <laughs> man like i said that that's gonna be something we're gonna talk about in the future the mad living no id return yeah. um shoot i don't know which one i want to start with man but i guess we're gonna go in order okay so it's been 15 years since the carter one that's mm-hmm. probably i i was joking but i was talking about how gilly the kid showed us that nobody really cared about the truth but uh the Carter one, man, that was that album came out when I was in high school. I came out I was like 15, right. and man, that was the album that everybody became a Wayne fan again, and they were like, he's the he's a lyrical rapper, and it just it blew everybody out yeah, the water because we couldn't believe it. It was weird as shit to me, man. Because <laughs> um, the thing about it was I was hip to the Hot Boys before I came to Georgia. Yeah. But the only song I knew about was this song called. I think it was called Soldier Rags. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think I heard a few other joints, but it was like Lil Wayne had this squeaky voice. It, it just seemed like he was he was like the perfect 
crew rapper. You feel yes. what I'm saying? But you, you never would have guessed that he became like career. considered, you know, the the best in the game or the or the or the greatest ever. I don't know if he's considered the greatest ever anymore. Not anymore. Bro. But yeah, the Carter one was the beginning of that because it was like the Carter one came out. It's almost like his entire steez was different. Was, was redeveloped and yeah, it, it was, was a like, great. That was a great yeah, rebrand. Yeah, man. yeah. It was almost like he was Cash Money, but the, it, it but it was like the new school cash money it wasn't like the manny fresh you know juvenile hard back that ass up you know uh project chick uh cash money anymore it was like a more sedated and um more sedated and what's the best word i can use like a more um refined brand you know what i'm saying and then after that you know he got like the dedication mixtape that came out and the dedication um, and then the uh the drought the, the drought, drought the droughts and then and then like the carter too that's then my it's favorite like, one yeah know, and it's like two. and it's like you know because that came out in 06 and but, that's when i thought he was probably great. 07 to 06 to about 08 i was like wayne's best rapper out but it was weird to me and it might have to do with my age but i was more invested in the old you know the block is hot 500 degrees Wayne, you know, fireman Wayne, you know what I'm saying? I just didn't, uh, I don't want to say I didn't, I didn't particularly care for his rebranding, no, you know what I'm saying? I, w- I guess I was so accustomed to his old role in cash money that that's just what I expected from yeah, him. Yeah, so it was weird, you know, to see him just kind of come out of that and then to be considered, you know, the best in the game because I wasn't necessarily like hearing that you feel what i'm saying and even in hindsight i still don't feel like he was the best in the game when he was being called best in the game but the fact of the matter is i'm not going to rewrite history for the for the for the sake of my own opinion no i I know that the carter one at least until like you know the 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 end of carter three that was wayne's that was wayne's era man you know so between that four or five year period I mean, that dude was just... He was killing features, man. Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, he was all over the place. I mean, he was all over the place. Um, And the thing about it was, he had the streets on lock. He had everybody saying that he was the dopest. Yeah, he and did. From all angles, everybody from somebody like a Ninth Wonder, or Wyclef Jean, or Outkast. I mean, think about it. He was on the Hollywood Divorce man, joint from, from right. Idlewild. And it was just weird, because it was like... And he spazzed. Well, not not just that. I mean, like that. That's, but just the fit. Yeah, that, yeah that's the, the subjective fit. part of it. You know what I'm saying? But it was like, look at Outkast. You're thinking more so organized noise. You know, it's not like I think. You know, other than CeeLo, it's not like you think. You know, the the Goody Mob are like a crew of just, you know, just incredible lyricists like that. You feel what I'm saying? For him but, to be in that conversation with lyricists is is what kind of was the difference yeah it, was, it was, yeah it was like damn this dude got a whole nother level of reach now like this dude is doing records with outcasts and i and i know idlewild was pretty much considered like a filler album yeah it was it was that was the beginning of the decline of the whole outcast brain you know what i'm saying but um still it was just but but for lil wayne to be a part of their track listing it just showed you how far he yeah, jumped, yeah, man. yeah, and, and the Carter one was the um that was the jump, that off. was the beginning of it, yeah. Man, yep. I think for me listening to it, cause I I think, you know, at that time, mind you, 2004, Ti is like just the shit to me, cause this is mm-hmm. Urban Legend coming out this year. He's dropped trap music, like you know, Ti is just everything, man. And the Carter one came out, he just snatched the whole the whole flow, man, and 
you know, even when I heard it, I was just like, like the the lyrics on it. I was like, damn, I did not know Wayne could rap like this, man. And you know, for me, even when I heard the Carter too, I thought I knew he had perfected the the craft then, like. But I think the thing that just got me with the Carter One, because I think a lot of people for a long time, I could see why they said the Carter One was their favorite. Carter Two was my favorite because it was the blend of I had commercial success, plus I had the the because Carter One is okay, go DJ, you mm-hmm. know, bring it back. I'm like that's good. Mm-hmm. Carter Two, he doing songs with Robin Thicke. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. I was like, damn. Yeah. He, you know, he 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 he. I think he had his finger on the pulse of the industry and was just making the right kind of oh, songs. Man. I know what I meant to ask you, bro. Uh-huh. Could you imagine, like, how could you could compare that trade when they said Rockefeller was trying to sign Wayne? Was that like when when they were trying to get Chris Paul and uh, LeBron to play together? What, what, was that like Kevin Durant? I mean, <laughs> going to the Golden State Warriors. You know like, what? Could you imagine if, if Wayne could have went to Rockefeller at this time? Yeah, it would have been massive. I think they. I think they saw what. They we saw were, potential. We, we were about to see, man. And I think, and I think that was at a time to where this whole regionalism thing was just like uh, dying out. You know what I mean? Like as far as Rockefeller at that point was bigger than like a, a New York imprint. You know, I mean, well, you know, they had like state property. They had and, state property, but I mean, but I'm just saying, but they it wasn't a New York only right. state. It's almost like point. you know, Bad Boy trying to do Bad Boy South or whatever. So I think it was just them trying to extend their reach and you know paying attention to what was going on with Wayne you know and plus the, the internet was a, was a bigger information tool at this point too compared to like the early 90s or mid 90s or whatever so I mean you know they go on all these different mixtape sites they, 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 they're they just watching what he's doing you know they're watching 106 and Park and, man, and he's doing a, yeah. a joint album with Jewel Santana, and right. this is Jewel's moment right, too. Right, so right, right, yeah. You're like, damn, man, yeah. Wayne. Wayne is on track with lyricists like yeah. Jewel's, and Jay Z's trying to sign him. It's right. yeah. man, that's just his. That was his little peak. Yep. Five that those four or five years, he was just yeah. on top, man. Major player, yeah, yeah. But I, I, but I say that to say that I wasn't really the biggest Wayne fan during that era, but I. It's bigger than Jeff Johnson. You feel what I'm nah, saying? I like it, I just, I, I dig it. I could, I understood what he was representing. Doing, you know what I'm saying, and who he was appealing to. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, a lot of us old heads lose sight of the fact that we're just getting older, and that hip hop is beginning to just sound so different to us because it's not like what we came up on. So it's almost like we're indifferent to a lot of the newer shit and you know with Gilly what, he, what, what's that group he was in Made Figures uh, Major figures, figures. figures yeah major. I didn't I didn't particularly care for them either so whether he was ghostwriting this shit it didn't really matter to me it's like it didn't sound like what and I mean I think yeah, that was most people yeah. think it didn't sound like when I, like I was listening to the Carter one again when I when I was listening to Birdman Jr. I was like man Gilly if you wrote that that's cool if you could have rapped it like how he rapped it, well, that's what I'm saying. It would have been amazing. And that's what, yeah, I think, and that's why people, I think, they make too much of a big deal out of ghostwriting yeah. because sometimes somebody else is a better vessel for what you wrote than you are. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because it's the, songwriting. The Fest thing tells you yeah, that all the time. It's bro. songwriting. You know what I'm saying? Like the thing about it is, singers write songs that other people have written. It's the same shit. You know what I'm saying? You know. um... Babyface wrote all those songs for Tony, Tony Braxton, Braxton and yeah. Boys to Men, but 
the baby face of Sunday. Yeah, you know, ex- no, exactly. you know what I'm saying. So I, you got to look at rap the same way, just considering that it's a genre. You know what I'm saying? You you on a label sign for millions and millions of dollars, and the goal is to be able to market and sell this shit. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah, I think Lil Wayne sounded better than Gilly did. I just you know like. Hey Gilly, you know you you had your platform to do this and do that. I mean, you know, he's killing out that there. shit now with his podcast. With I his podcast, yeah. But see, that's that's the thing. You know, sometimes you gotta find another lane to thrive in. You feel what I'm saying? It's just like even even if you had successes as a rapper once upon a time, like dude, when your ship sails, you can't really live in the past. Especially with all that's available to us right now, you gotta find a new way to eat and 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 um reestablish yourself and be, become relevant again and like you know hey if, if gilly's got it popping with his um podcast you know more power to him yeah man it's it's, it's kind of comparable to what with joey same thing with joey is like yeah. great mcs i think technical ability writing everything maybe the vessel part was it was problematic but they found their lanes so um but but the Carter one, man, like I said, that's the album that started everything. That yeah. when I hear Birdman Jr., that used to be like my workout song for the right. for the longest, man. But it was just the lyrical ability, man. Um, you know, the heat. It's 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 cuts off there. But it's it's man. it's the album that solidified him as able to stand by himself. Because yeah, there's did. no cash. There's nobody else on Cash Money but him. It's it's and, yeah, it was, it was, it's literally him holding it down by himself, and. It's like, wow, it would be inconceivable to think that. Because, I mean, let's be real. When he was in Hot Boys, nobody was saying he was the best rapper out the group. Everybody was saying, like, BG, or I thought BG probably had the most charisma or juvie. And I liked Turk, but I thought they did. You know what I'm saying? Even as a young kid, I liked Wayne's verses, like, The Block is Hot, but I was like, damn, BG just. I think the little girls liked Wayne, and he was, like, a good wingman. He was the cat, like,. No, he is like nobody in the group brought the song down, but he was never the highlight for most people, other than the little girls who just liked him. You know, to drop it like it's hot. You know, that mean that. I mean, that's like a like a, a poignant lyric yeah, now. You know what I'm saying? But it really ain't saying shit. But you know, um, yeah, and he, I liked Wayne back then. But like I said, I liked him being a role player more so than being a top dude but by the time the carter one came out it's like it's almost like high and back that ass up never came out you, yeah. you know ju- uh, juvenile had the slow motion shit out around that same time and then bg had like the heart of the street stuff but it like i'm gonna be real like if you would have told me wayne would have been bigger i wouldn't have believed it because even though i grew up listening to the block is hot like mm-hmm. i knew more wayne than i knew bg and juvie but when i heard 400 degrees and and like uh well bg was it uh, Chopper City. Chopper City in the ghetto. Yeah, Chopper yeah. City in the ghetto. Yeah. When I heard those, I was like, damn, this shit is really good. This shit was better than Wayne's shit. But, but Wayne you, rebranded, but man. He, he rebranded, and he just became a better, I guess, song maker. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would say BG and all them were declining. Nah, I wouldn't but say it that. But it just got to the point to where uh, Wayne was eclipsing them. So you just, you never know how you know, things are going to turn up, turn out, man. You can't, that's what I'm saying, like, you know, like when people say, "Oh, you know, Biggie died, and you know he would have done." This. Like we man, don't know, man. No we don't. We don't know what he would have done. We don't know what Tupac would have done. Most recently, we don't know what Nipsey would have done. Man, because you know what, you take life a day at a time, and sometimes there's one event 
that changes that can change the course of everything. Kind of like their deaths did. Yeah, you feel what I'm exactly. saying? So that and that's the interesting thing. It's almost like if Biggie had lived, we kind of don't know what would have happened with Jay Z. We don't. We don't know. It's just you know what. So it's cool to like Spec. create these theories and speculate or whatever. But you just really don't know. But like. Dude, in 1997 or whatever, when I first heard Lil Wayne, you never would have told me that. You would have never been able to convince me that, like, 10 years later, he was going to be considered one of the greatest to, like, ever do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and even then, yeah. man, like, it's crazy because he did it so fast to where people went from saying he's, like, one of the greatest ever to now people, like, was he here? Yeah. It just mm-hmm. shows you the you know the, the fall, man. I right. guess the the fall and the rise. But um Carter One was definitely an important album. That's the album that branded him and stamped him. Right. Uh, man, I'm gonna ask you about it because I heard you post it on your page, bro. Twenty it was almost nineteen years since Crunchy Grammar. Yeah, hey man. Cause cause KRS one and a lot of people felt the way. Even Ninth Wonder was talking about it, even too, with with, with how Nelly changed the game with Country Grammar. I think Nelly, this is what I think happened. I think Nelly is a a, is a very talented song maker. You yes, know what I'm saying? Definitely. And um, that don't mean I fuck with his music, <laughs> but I'm just giving props where they're due. You know what I'm saying? And I think he, he created something that appealed to like the general like because at this point i'm going to my i'm going towards my junior year of college you yeah, know what i'm saying? 11 at that time so right or 10, so I, yeah. yeah but i see that but that's around the time when i was 10 or 11 that's when i started getting super deep into rap and hip-hop and shit like that you feel mm-hmm. what i'm saying like i was listening to hip-hop parade you know what i'm saying so i think country grammar you know what i'm saying like that shit hit with like a certain demographic of the hip-hop generation that was a few years younger than mine and then you know nelly's a handsome dude he got the, the waves nigga used yeah, to work out and everything like that yeah so ball, like yeah. the women liked him too you know what i'm saying so it's like i think they found a way to appreciate him to you know to appreciate his music through his physicality and stuff like that plus he's a cool dude he, you know he always did interviews well you know, he's high energy and stuff like that. Um, like I said, I've never really been into anything he did other than like Pimp Juice. But uh-huh. um, number one was always my record. Yeah, I mean that was cool. that's from and, Training and Day. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. With me. I mean, he right, he right. made songs, man. That like he yeah. made some songs, man. But but like, but I I I think that his style was so uh, elementary and juvenile to people that they just took him for a joke. But it's like. Nigga sold nine million records. Yeah, he knew he knew what the fuck he was doing. Obviously, you know what I'm saying. And the thing about it was, country grammar was something that it's funny. One of my one of my good friends, he's like a Grammy Award producer now. He doing shit for the Migos. He did shit on Culture One, Culture Two. Anyway, he from St. Louis, and um, uh, he's the one who originally put me on to Nelly. I don't even want to say he put me on. But he kind of but, but I heard like he I, I heard he didn't even really say that. The first time I just heard Nelly was when I was with him. And it was a completely different version of country grammar. He was talking about street, street sweepers, sweepers and yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But I, it, but I was just like, you know, like I like well, you know, at the time the Midwest had like a very defined style and Chicago, sound. Chicago, you mean. 
I mean, even even Detroit in in in, in um you know Ohio. I got you. They had like a very they had a, you know like with the you know the slow beats with the with the tripling of the you know like a slower triple sixth sound. You. you know what I'm saying? I got you. But um, so I heard that shit. I I I don't like man. This shit trash. You know what I'm saying? But it was like I didn't think nothing of it. I just thought it was just another record from some random person in St. Louis. He like he like nah man. This shit big in St. Louis. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he knew anything about the the record deal that he had just signed or whatever. But hey, at at, at the time I heard that he was probably just about to sign his twenty million dollar contract with Universal or yeah, whoever put him on, and thing. it's like. You know, he did a video and Hot shit. <laughs> it came out. It was like, damn, I'm like, man, this shit big for real. Man, but that it was shit like, was huge. but that it was, shit was one of the biggest records of the millennium. Well, like, well this is the thing. It, it, it came out was kind of big, but I still didn't have a concept of how big that shit. And then uh, how man, big it was. But then what he, happened was he dropped three fucking bangers. He dropped, he dropped that. He dropped Ei. Ride with me. And then ride. <laughs> Dog, oh, and then batter up to Dog. finish, and I was like, "Damn!" Yo, in the, in the summer of 2000, I was interning for my dad, and um, there was a Borders bookstore about a block down the street, and I remember, uh, I think, yeah, the Harry Potter Goblet of Fire book had came out, maybe about a week beforehand, or whatever, um, or maybe a week after, I don't know, but anyway, I was going to go buy the Jill Scott album. And Damn, was that the first one? Yeah. yeah it was too. Mm, okay. uh, but what I'm saying is, you know, Goblet of Fire had already been out for a couple of weeks. The Country Grammar had already been out for a few weeks. But I walked in the borders, and I don't know if it was because I was black or if because everybody in there had been asking for it. But this, the clerk just automatically assumed that I was in there looking for Country Grammar. <laughs> and they pretty much said that, yo, we don't have any more copies of Goblet of Fire, and we don't have any more copies of Country Grammar. I don't know when we're going to restock. And I'm like, you talking about the Nelly album? He's like, yes. And I'm like, I ain't coming here for that shit. He was like, okay. He was like, the shit's been flying off the shelves. Like, you know, we've sold thousands in just a few weeks. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, y'all got stocked with thousands? He's like, yeah. He was just like, Hey, normally we get a few dozen of a CD and then, you know, it sells out and we restock. You know what I mean? But he was talking about, yeah, we've literally gotten shipped thousands of this damn record. He's like, we might have sold 1,500 to 2,000 out of this store alone. And I'm like, this is D.C., nigga. This ain't Georgia or the Midwest. You know what I'm saying? This is D.C. fucking go-go capital. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I heard Country Grammar on the radio a few times. I saw it on Rap City. But I just, I had no idea that it was selling on that level. And then, like you said, next thing you know, this shit almost selling more damn records than the uh, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Amount, but can't touch this on it. I'm like, this nigga doing like nine million? Bro. Like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I he mean. He got a diamond album off that. Then, then Nelly yeah, Bill yeah, sold yeah, like yeah, six million. Yeah, yeah. It eventually went diamond. I mean, like, like but damn. this dude, this dude, sell, he's selling more than Jay-Z. He's selling more than DMX. Uh, selling just as much as Eminem. You feel what I'm yep, saying? Exactly. All, all for that shit. So it was almost like, damn. But nobody's gonna say Nelly's top twenty. <laughs> I mean, look, man. Like I said, I give credit where credit's due. That nigga got a craft. He he knew exactly what he was trying to do. 
and he did it. That was 2000. I would say at least until around Grills time in 2006. Six, yeah. Hey man, he 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 made a lot of hit records. He, he made did, a lot of did. money. I ain't gonna lie, that Nelly yeah, album. Yeah, I mean, you know that. Hot in here is still one of the biggest. He made some of the biggest records in rap and in yeah, music yeah. history, bro. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, Hot in here was in the, so many movies and commercials. And then the uh, the, the better up, better up, man. that joint. And then the the pimp juice, and then the tip drill. I think that was more. Because of the video, but bro, sneaking to yeah. watch that shit in the morning and having it on the last channel. Yeah, I ain't man. Gonna get that I, shit, hey but. man, <laughs> salute to him, man. Like I said, I, I ain't, I, I can't ride to that shit. But I mean, <laughs> hey, dog, it don't, it's, it, it ain't about. It's yeah, bigger yeah, than me, yeah, man. Yeah, I it's bigger that, than man. me, dog. So he, hey, he went out there, he did it. I mean, country grammar, dog. I mean, like. That shit was the old town road of yeah, it was. 2000, man. Oh, dang, it really was. <laughs> man, Damn, that was the analogy. Yep. Yeah, we're going to say that then. Yep. Man, we got one more that we got to speak on, man. It's because you posted. I wasn't going to mention it. It's, okay. it's been a lot of albums. So the No Way Out album. I'm wow. eight. This is the Missing You album. So I'm missing you on it. Was, what, what did you think of the album? Victory was on here, too. And all about the Benjamins. Like he had some hits on here, but what do you think of that album and his discography? Well, his discography is already such The album. But. I mean, the album was gonna drop anyway while Biggie was alive, because it was obviously recorded before he got killed. Um, but I think with Biggie passing away, oh, it just came in a new. And then, and then Diddy being the 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 front man or the face of Bad Boy. I don't, don't want to act like I cared about the label like that, but it was almost like Diddy was like replacing Biggie almost. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, this nigga can't rap. You feel what I'm saying? And I don't mean it like disrespectfully, but he knows he's not like a, a MC. Yeah, he knows. And, and see, I was I was 15 or well, 16 at the time. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't that I didn't respect what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? But it was just like, man, I. Dude, even when he was on Biggie songs, it was just like, man, why, Skip this nigga. why you like, why are you letting this nigga fuck it up? It, <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's like it's like at least Jermaine Dupri could rap. So when he bit. was on shit, he sounded like he fit. Yeah, you feel bit. what I'm saying? But Diddy is almost like dog. He had like no mic presence, like whatsoever. It was just like a nigga talking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Over over these '80s beats or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I didn't, you know, um. I did. I, I didn't particularly care for him, and I didn't particularly care for the album. Now, yeah, of course, the the production was a one on this shit. You know what I'm saying? But I think you know, due to my age and just due to uh, where I was in my life at that moment, you know, I was looking for more. I was either looking for, you know, the superficial thrills that like No Limit was offering, or I was looking for like substance. You feel what I'm saying? But I felt like Diddy's actual music, it didn't really provide either oh, for either. me. You feel what I mean? So it was just like, man, I'm good on this dude. But I, I liked Is This the End, of course, because Twista was on it. And um, Twista is weird. I mean, um, man, Twista's crazy. I remember when he was beefing with Tretch from um, Naughty, by, Naughty Nature. by Nature. But this is like five or six years before. I didn't realize that. Yeah, this, yeah this, this is, well, not five or six years, but this was before Poe Pimp even came out. It's almost like Poe Pimp was like the grand rebranding. That was the first time that a lot of people had Sorry, a familiarity Twister. of Twister. You know what I'm saying? But he was around before that. He probably came out like 
9091 because I remember he had a he had an album called Running Off at the Mouth. Yeah. I never heard the album. Yeah, I missed the tongue twister, fuck your mother and your sister. You know what I'm saying? It was just like he was just but it was almost like he was like a gimmick rapper. Like he had the world's fastest tongue, but he wasn't necessarily making Sand. songs that you gave a damn about, but it was just like cool. You know what? He was like the rap version of that micro machines dude. They used to, do you remember those commercials or are you too young to remember? Probably yeah, there was this dude. He would just be talking so fast, talking about all the micro machines and all the you know, it just I'll, I'll I'll send you a YouTube link afterwards. Appreciate but it. yeah, I, I I ain't give a fuck about No Way Out. But it was like, <laughs> I mean, all about the Benjamins is a classic song. It is. They played that shit in the clubs. I like that. If I should die tonight, uh, fucking interlude with Carl Thomas. It's Carl Thomas. <laughs> well, who is Carl Thomas the equivalent of? He was like the. I'm trying to think who copied Carl Thomas. You know blueprint? what? Because he, he was he, he had a 112 and a Carl Thomas on his roster all the I'll time. I'll be real with you, dude. He was almost like a East Coast Nate dog. Damn, that's well, it. He, he from Chicago, but okay. he was signed to, you know, like him and Dave Hollister. Yeah, that's they, it. They just threw them niggas on hooks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The same the same way they would throw Nate dog on a hook. You know what oh, I mean? So shit. it was like. And they'd be like, I don't even see that. Or, but then I think Rockefeller tried to do that with Rail. Yeah, Rail was dope. I, I mean, like the, I he, like he the could Rail. sing. He was just like, you know, I like the, the love for free. That was my joke. You know, he did a joint with the Young Guns. The I, young I, guns I, think, I think Rail was dope, but it was like, I don't know, man. I You know, I'm, I'm older now. Don't get me. I've always liked old school R&B and soul shit. You know what I'm saying? But it was, it was always something about contemporary soul artist that just wasn't it didn't connecting with me at that moment like i could fully acknowledge that jodeci could sing you feel what i'm saying but i wasn't i wasn't riding the jodeci like that but it was so popular i knew all these songs i I knew all the albums you know if they were doing collaborations with rappers it's the same with drew hill and like i know like i know people love them or even how people feel about Keith Sweat and everything. I'm like, man, I know well, I people love Keith Sweat because I was using college today. Well, no, nah, I was I was seven or eight when he came out. You feel what I'm saying? And it was just like, and that was before I got fully immersed in rap. At at that point in time, rap was becoming was a bigger thing, but rappers were not big as big as R&B singers at that moment. You know what I'm saying? I, I fucked with Keith Sweat. You know what I'm saying? Because you know our little fifth and sixth grade dances. <laughs> You know, you get chance to dance and put your, your dick yeah, put your hand on a little girl booty. You know what I'm saying? You feel like you're doing something. So yeah, I yeah Keith yeah sweat, yeah I, I, I like Keith Sweat. But um, I'm, the point I'm saying is like you mm-hmm. know just like with contemporary R&B. That's not to say that it's not dope. I always preferred the 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 female vocalist of contemporary R&B with dudes. I feel yeah, like me it was too. a lot of crying. I was like, yo, I ain't me too. With all that I didn't shit. I didn't really start connecting with. I liked Anita Baker and Tony. Oh Braxton. yeah, I liked all I that liked kind all of that shit. shit. But I don't, I don't think I started connecting with like uh, male, well, contemporary male R&B singers until I was like, you know, in college. And I guess like in relationships and, and paying more attention to the lyrics because it was so relatable. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, but like I said, I mean, dude, yeah, Jodeci could sing, but I would have rather, I would have, like, I preferred hearing KC sing on a hook with E-40 and Too Short than I, I did hearing a Jodeci song, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would I would rather, you know, like hear uh I know what you're yeah. saying. You'd have rather heard him on yeah, some rap yeah, shit. Yeah, Christopher Williams over over a rap more so than just you know, so yeah, man, I was good on that R and B shit, dude. But but no way out, man. I mean 
hugely successful album. Oh hell yeah. Um, yes, it's a classic, even though I can't stand it. But like I said, <laughs> it's just. Uh, I'm gonna go home and listen to the shit tonight. Yeah, I mean, but you can't. That's that's one thing I wish other people were better at is just kind of still being objective regardless of how you feel about some shit i tell people that all the time like there are people that i can't personally connect to it like it's gonna sound disrespectful i missed the prince train because i was like i think i was born in 89 and like i can go back and listen to it now and appreciate the songs and i can appreciate his artistry that he's one of the greatest musicians ever i can personally say that i may just not like it but I can appreciate that it's great. Yeah, you know, you know what, man. Um, that's another thing. I think you have to be alive in a certain in, time. In a, yeah, to 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 under to to get the full. Like when Lil Yachty experience. said Drake was more, Drake's music was better than Tupac. I'm like, yeah, because you have a connecting moment where it makes sense for it him. It makes to think sense that. to you to think that at 20 yeah. you have a connecting moment to when you heard something by Drake. The way I heard something yeah, by Pac I, and it connected to you. Yeah, I thought I thought Thriller was better than some Al Green shit when I was four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. But I was supposed to. I thought. I mean, to you this know? day, I tell to this day, like you can't tell me anything about the NSYNC and Backstreet Boys albums. Like them shits was was fucking epic to me. Now I can go back and listen yeah. and be like, this shit's cool. It's okay. But I, but I also use that same logic to say one of the first M- rap albums I heard was like Eminem. So that's why the Marshall Mathers LP is always gonna have a special yeah. place in my yeah. in my memory. Right. Cause I was eleven. That's why so many shit people. Came out. That's why so well. I don't want to use that album. Um, but let, let's just say you know these Ready to Dies and these Strictly for My Niggas and, yeah, yeah. and, 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 and these albums or whatever. You know those albums came out when it, when I was 13, 14 years old, and that's when people's I guess comprehension of like real life experience yeah, yeah it's just it's just different you know what i'm saying so these were almost like these were really like their first touches and like real rap albums like i wouldn't say it, it, and i'm not shading um will smith and dj jazzy jeff but i mean like nightmare on my street they were, it's almost <laughs> like it was just it was some kiddie shit yeah it was like slapstick almost you know what i'm saying you weren't like damn Will is really on this shit, <laughs> killing it. You feel what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Like for me, like dude, I, I think I told you before, and Death Certificate changed my life, cause that was the first album, the first hip hop album I, I, I listened to was like, damn, this shit kind of heavy. You feel what I'm saying? Like, and that it actually connected with me, cause you know at at this time the whole Rodney King thing is going on, and you know the L. A. Riots, you know that. There, there was saying. a certain there was a certain social a and political atmosphere in the United States there that was I was aware of. Them, yeah. yeah, you know, so okay, yeah. So okay, the message was out nine years beforehand, which is celebrating its uh thirty seventh yeah, anniversary yeah, today. Right, right, right. But yeah, I wasn't even fully two years old when that came out. So it's like I didn't have like a real connection, connection like that. And and it's and it's interesting like I don't even think I knew that it came out in 1982 until like I, I was like teen and up. Right, because at that time, hip hop and, and especially like the hip hop videos, they were so limited that they would play the same rap videos for like a couple of years. So I don't know when I originally saw, um, you know, um, the, the message or, or or Planet Rock. You know what I'm saying? But I would think it's more so like around 84, 85, because if it was 82. I just don't. I don't remember '82 vividly enough, enough to, to, you know what I'm saying, that, yeah. to recall that. But it's the fact that these videos were still getting played. I think it had less to do with them being classics and just more to do with them being the rap. Yeah, lack and, of and 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 volume, things, man. 
man. Right, and, and things taking a really long time to work, work their way up the charts. It's not like today where you put everything into your first week in trying to debut at number one. I mean, like, dude, albums used to be debuting, like, at number 70, number 75. They didn't take a, gem- a, a gigantic they jump. jump they, be, they end up being number one five or six months later. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes they go back to three or back to five, and they drop another single. It goes back to that shit one. That a fun roller coaster. Right, but what I'm saying is, you look at an album from back then, that shit might have had a full, you know, you know, 150 something week run on the charts. You feel what I'm saying? Just because of the way that music circulated back then, it was like, I don't think there was this mentality like, you know what, we gotta, we we got, we got, we want to get to number one, but we don't necessarily have to start off. At number one, you feel that became more of a, That's a 1990s thing, thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Thing. Like debuting at number one, you know. Um, in and now it's funny, number one don't mean shit, shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, I look at the charts and man, like, I look at the top 10. Gibbs went number one this week, I think he might have maybe, yeah, you know for rap track, yeah, but it's not. And I'm not trying to, That's not dissing, yeah, it's not the same though, it's you not the same, that's not dissing, but yeah, um, no way out, man. Hey man, um, and and the thing about it is, I respect Puffy, but I don't think he gets enough criticism for dilute diluting hip hop to Ooh. where people say it is right now. You know what I'm saying? Because he gets out of that combo. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Boy. But this was this was like the first dude. At least I knew Master P as a rapper first. You know what I'm saying with Diddy. I knew him as like an intern and like a dancer and shit. And a nigga and then who he was, was like, I'm he, gonna just take this fly ass. Yeah, beat yeah, yeah. Out. He was on he was on like the Dolly My Baby remix or whatever with some weird little verse, but it was like you never I, I, it just seemed like it was for fun. Like you was never really supposed to take him seriously as like a a rapper, you know what I'm saying? But it was like, man, by the by the time uh No Way Out was was an album and stuff like that, it was almost like I think that was the first time when people like, people you know really what, I ain't, really gotta, rap. Yeah. I ain't really got to know how to rap. You know what I'm saying? It just, Damn. I mean, like I said. He just made songs. I mean, I feel like the Hitmen and, <laughs> and, you know, Harf Pierre and Stevie J and all them made the songs and then somebody else wrote his shit. And like yeah, I said, I'm not, I'm not anti-ghostwriter at all. Nah, I But didn't. I, I, I just feel like Puffy, he's he a, changed the art yeah, form a, he's, in a different yeah, way. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's an entertainer. Yeah. I give him that, but I never felt like he had the presence, on, like a presence on the mic. He just nah, he know that. always sounded like he was talking. That's why I was kind of happy when Mace came out, because it was almost like, okay, cool, <sighs> finally. Yeah, yeah, because he he was on the he was on the Life After Death album, but it was like, I was glad when 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 Mace became like the the premier artist. Yeah, of, of the boy. brand Rap, and then, rapper, right? Right. Then they you know they, they did faith. Yeah, then they did Black Rob or whatever. So it was like, cool. Get this, yeah, get this nigga Puffy off the mic. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but it's a classic. And I mean, I, you know, I, I acknowledge and, you know, respect its impact or whatever. I'll never, uh, I'll never not give him credit for that. You feel what I'm saying? But um, I just, I don't know, man. I wasn't fucking with it. Nah, man. I understand that, man. We're going to, we're going to give it this, we're going to give it this props for, you know, what it did for music. And thank you for giving us victory until I realized the victory came from the damn Rocky movie soundtrack. <laughs> but uh but hey, that's it for us today. Peace.